welcome to another episode of Don't Fuck With The Original. I'm your host, Casper. And I'm your other host, Becky Gremlin. Here to bring you all things spooky on Wednesdays. Oh, sorry, spoopy on Wednesdays because... Spooky. Wednesdays are for podcasts. What up, guys? Okay. <laughs> uh, <laughs> oh my goodness. So tonight... Tonight. Welcome to July. I know, We've made right? It, half the year is over. It really is. I was going to say, today is July 1st. Wake me up. I was like, I don't even... When December ends. <laughs> Seriously. Um, yeah, it's weird. Oh my like, goodness oh, gracious. Yeah, it it's, is. it's July 1st. Everything, huh? I was like, so what's next? <laughs> Aliens. Um, right now it's temperatures. Oh yeah, it's ridiculous. Good Lord Jesus, so, it's so hot. If you're joining us in the Midwest, <laughs> Hi. it's like ninety million. How y'all degree- doing? It's like ninety million degrees. Um, no, it was literally by ten o'clock. My thermostat said ninety-one degrees. <laughs> I mean, I went to work this morning. Like I left at seven thirty, and it was already seventy-five and humid as fuck. Dumb. And I was like, can we not? Yeah. We've had storms and it just gets hot and humid. That's I love storms. Part. I just don't yeah. like the aftermath of it. Exactly. Because to take. I would give it anything oh, for dry. No. For dry. <laughs> You're like, no. When you almost lose your place. Um, I was trying to get rid of a TikTok notification. I accidentally clicked the notification and I was like, oh no. I want dry heat right now. I thought you were going to say dry heaps. No. I do not want dry heaps right now. I want we just dry heaps. And that would be terrible. First of all, who wants that? At all, anyway, period. <laughs> Unless you're bulimic. And then that's not good. Oh, that's, that's a whole other... Oh, that's, that's sad. I'm so sorry. I'm sorry I went there. I don't know. <laughs> Go in the corner. Go to the corner. You're bad. Becky's Becky's been uh, punished right now. She's in the corner, so we're going to talk. <laughs> I'm so sorry. <laughs> Terrible. I'm sorry if I triggered anybody. If you're working through some from stuff, some stuff and things, I'm so sorry. Triggered. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm I feel triggered. like this whole year is just triggering. <sighs> For any of us that are in therapy right now. <laughs> For any of us that need to be in therapy. Right? <laughs> For any of us that are like, help. For any therapist out there that needs help. <laughs> I'm sure there's therapists that are in therapy right now. There are therapists that are legit depressed right now. And I'm oh, like, yeah. what do you do when your therapist is depressed? My therapist is on vacation. Which I'm like, great. good. That sounds great. Because I'm going to need you. I'm excited about my <laughs> vacation at the end of this month. Because I'm literally going to be with ten people in the middle of fucking nowhere. And I'm all about that life. Yay. I'm like, if I just happen to wander out into the forest by myself, just, I won't go too far. Just let it happen. For how long? Four days. Three, oh, nice. Well, technically four days. But it's a cabin out in Red River Gorge. We get our own pond. We get our own hot tub. We have a, hi- a higher place. A fireplace. You have a higher place than we a have hot a higher tub. Place. We have a higher place than a hot tub. It's fancy. We got that fancy hire place. That is fancy as fuck. I've never even heard of it. No, I haven't either. I mean, like, fuck. We get a hire place. <laughs> my cabin. Listen. I my can't. cabin comes with a hire place. Bitch. 
<laughs> Bitch, you heard me. No ma'am, no ham, no turkey. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry, that was amazing. <laughs> oh, Lord Jesus. Yeah, I know. We all either need therapy or vacation or both. Uh, I recommend both if you can. I need both. Um, but yeah, so, and podcasts. So tonight, yes, we need podcasts too. Definitely need podcasts. Everybody needs podcasts right now. Everybody needs a podcast. Also, seriously, thank you to uh, some of you guys, horror fan Ryan, especially. Um, too spooky for you. I want to thank you guys because you. a lot of you guys have been recommending us to a lot of people on Twitter when they ask about horror podcasts, and you guys rock. You guys like mentioning oh, us and saying you. that we're your favorite podcast and stuff like that. That means so much. And we we really appreciate it. So I just wanted to thank you guys for that personally. Because that's you're getting more people to listen. And honestly, a lot of times, the way people find us is by word of mouth. Yep. So. Which is pretty awesome. Um, it's awesome the podcast so far we've been on this year. Like... Don't go out there. We just were on another one this past weekend that will be releasing Friday. Um, Crystals, four nights in. Yep. And we've got another one coming up. And yep, we got another one coming up. Hopefully, more stuff coming up. So, um, tonight, our episode, our newest episode, is about black eyed children. So many people are excited about this. Um, this is <laughs> awesome. This has been a urban legend, creepy pasta, spoopy story that has seriously freaked me out. I probably found out about this in like the early stages of the internet, probably like early 2000s. I fell upon. Way before I did, but. <laughs> oh, well, yeah. I mean, like, urban legends have always been a thing, but when the internet kicked off and when people, like, really started flooding that in the late 90s, early 2000s, uh, urban legends became more accessible and then you just had ones added on and added on and added on and added on. That's why, I think that's why how many years ago did I start getting into creepy pot? Did I get into creepy pasta? Probably. I feel like creepy pasta has been around for But I didn't get into it until like 2016, maybe <laughs> 2015, 20... when you gotta make that sound when you're thinking about something. Cause you're not sure. Uh, so somewhere my around there. Right. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so I think somewhere around there. And I think the reason why I personally got into creepypasta so much is it reminded me of like old school urban legends. It's basically the same thing. It's... I got into creepypasta because of Slenderman. And actually, yeah. um, Black Eyed Kids, I had never heard of until I listened to, I think it was Be Busta. I was listening to one of his Skinwalker videos, and uh, he had a story about Black Eyed Kids on there. And I was like, excuse me, the fuck is this? And what the fuck? No fucking thank you? <laughs> actually, the the... So we'll get into essentially what they are but one of the very first stories that originated the legend was back in 96 and that was the first story that i was introduced to back in early, like early 
2000s. I'd say like 2000, 2001. That was the first story that I was introduced to. But then I remember finding out like I've, I bought into them. I bu- I still, I still believe I it. still do. I just don't know what they are. I know a lot of people have thought they're demonic. I would probably lean more towards them being demonic than I would say they're uh, aliens. Because I think that's the only two real definitive uh, quote-unquote answers or whatever speculations that people have of what they are is that they're either demons or they're aliens. I'm more inclined to believe they're demons. Um, well, demons are known to come to, ca- to take the form of children, children because you welcome them in. Yep, it's very easy to yeah. Um, now, most interpretations online, especially now, as far as artistic renderings, pictures, photographs, nine times out of ten, ones online now of black-eyed children are going to be fake. Like, it's just, it's too Some of them easy look really, to... really well done. Oh, yeah. I but, mean, it's they're really yeah. easy to do, but you can do a quick search and find the origin of most of those pictures. And like I said, nine times out of ten, they're usually not real, unfortunately. But, um, so essentially with black-eyed children or, and you guys will hear us refer to them as either black-eyed children or black-eyed kids. B-E-K. Either, either, either or. Beck. Or B-E-K. Um, they're... In a they're an American now. Some are urban legends. Some stories can come from different countries. Um, it says this is an American. I don't necessarily like that with Wiki, no offense Wikipedia. Um, it says it's an American contemporary legend, but we are going to go into a story where there have been sightings, supposed sightings of uh, black-eyed kids in the UK as well. So it's a contemporary legend of supposed paranormal creatures that resemble children between the ages of six and 16 with pale skin and black eyes who are reportedly seen hitchhiking or panhandling and encountered on doorsteps of residential homes. I've actually even read stories of ones where they will come up to people's parked cars yep. where people are either like parallel parked on the side of the road or they're parked at rest stops and they'll come and knock on their windows and ask nope to be let in nope absolutely not um every time i say like in the promos that i've been doing and stuff where i say don't let them in am i the only one that hears ivy's sister from the village when she goes because that is what my brain constantly says that it's like, I need to watch. It has been so long. I think after I saw that movie in theaters, I watched it one more time on cable and I probably haven't seen it. Oh, since. I've seen that movie countless it's... times. I don't know why. And I don't know why. Cause I liked it. It's not that I didn't like it. It's just one of those, like, I don't know why I haven't seen it more often than, than I have. I need to watch it again. Me with Endgame. I've seen it once. Same. I don't think I'm emotionally prepared to watch that again. Same. (laughs) There's some movies where you're just like, you know what? I'm good. You know where they say, like, sometimes you want to watch a movie because you want to cry? Yeah. That movie is now in game for me. Because Titanic will make me cry, but it doesn't make me cry a lot anymore because I know what's coming. And it's not like I don't know what's coming with Endgame, but I'm I like, still I'm, cry. I'm mentally not prepared. I cry at Titanic every fucking 
Oh, I, I don't cry anymore until the very end. Oh, yeah, the vi- Yes. Oh, because if you don't, you have no soul. But, um... And it's the music that doesn't help either. Yeah. Because, I swear... Girl, it was when, the theme when, in my wedding! You think it doesn't help you? Then I really am like... Ah. When <laughs> motherfucking Jack decides to die... And she realizes that he's dead, and it it's real quiet, and then the music starts. I'm like, oh no! It's not like I haven't seen it. I know he's gonna die. There's nothing new gonna happen. But I'm like, god damn it! <laughs> no. And she drops that. She drops that damn necklace. And then it floats down. First of all, and then and I don't even want to talk about it. He said, "Never let me go." She said, "I'll never let you go." And she, and let she him lets go. him go. <laughs> Just saying. Anyway, how do how I mean, there's so much about <laughs> that movie, but still. It gets to the end, and they're back together again. And you're like, oh, yeah, we went from the village. I was like, how do we Anyway, because it happens. <laughs> Every time. But seriously, anyway. that's what it is. Um, no, but for real. I need to watch the village again. Seriously. You talk about beautiful fucking music. Yes. God damn. Beautiful movie. Period. Like you know that word I was trying to think of the other day. It was cinematography. Mm. That is the word I was trying to figure out when I was trying to be like, it was such a beautiful movie. movie It had beautiful beautiful cinematography. Cinematography. Yes, the village had absolutely gorgeous cinematography. I agree. I agree. I concur. So, um, giving some backstory, some history of black-eyed children. While tabloid coverage of these creatures has claimed that tales of black-eyed children have existed since the eighties. Most famous sources indicate that the legend originated from 96, written by a Texas reporter by the name of Brian Bethel on a ghost-related mailing list relating to two alleged encounters with black-eyed kids. He described encountering two such children in Abilene, Texas in 1996, and a second person had a similar unrelated encounter in Portland, Oregon. Now, the reports that happened in the 80s Um, I just want to cite a BuzzFeed article from 2014 written by Patrick Smith that said um, one such sighting happened in 1982 by a, uh, there was a man named Lee Brickley, who was a paranormal investigator um, that reported to the Birmingham Mail, which is a uh, newspaper over there in the UK. Um, that his aunt and some friends saw a black-eyed kid on uh, Canuck Chase in 1982. He also said that there have been other sightings there as well. Um, so there's this is in an area. Oh, uh, there were sightings of Slenderman. Yeah, the Pig Man. Um, so this guy actually, I'm trying to see who wrote this <laughs> book. Man. That's actually a legend. That's a a guy with a pig man. That's a legend. That's a UK uh, urban legend all in itself. The pig man is just me. So this guy, right? <laughs> this guy wrote a book called UFOs, Werewolves, and the Pig Man. Uh, again, his name is Lee Brickley. So that's where this BuzzFeed article centers around. Um, and it talks about uh, specifically mentioning black-eyed kids in this particular area. Um so that actually is near. Okay, so Canuck Chase is in Staffordshire, and Staffordshire is a city in the UK. 
um, that will link back around. There were uh, a series of child murders that happened there in the 60s. So that will explain why there's been these quote unquote supposed sightings back in the 80s in that same area, specifically what Lee Brickley said he witnessed along with family that in 82 that saw one, an aunt specifically that saw one back in 82. Um, so again, going back to Brian Bethel's sighting in 96, um, I actually remember reading that story. That was like one of the first early stories that I read about black eyed kids back, you know, I think like early 2000s. Never read the one in Portland, Oregon, though, even though they said that those were unrelated. Um, Bethel's story became regarded as a classic example of a creepypasta and gained such popularity that he published a FAQ just to keep up with demand for more info about the new urban legend. In 2012, Brian Bethel told his story on reality TV series Monsters and Mysteries in America. He wrote a follow-up article for the Abilene Reporter News describing his experience and maintaining his belief that it was legitimate. Um, I've actually heard of that show, Monsters and Mysteries in America, but I don't. I've I don't think I've ever it. watched it, but I've heard of it too. I never, and I, I definitely didn't see this specific episode. Um, also in 2012, a horror film entitled Black Eyed Kids was produced with Kickstarter funding. Its director commenting that the creepy children were an urban legend that's been floating around on the internet for years now, and I was always, I always thought that it was fascinating. In 2013, an episode of MSN's Weekly Strange featured reports of black-eyed children and is thought to have helped spread the legend on the internet. Um, so that movie, Black-Eyed Kids, um, it actually went on to be released as Sunshine Girl in the Hunt for the Black-Eyed Kids in January of 2012. It was filmed and produced in and around Portland, Oregon, and it is available to watch on Amazon Prime right now. I have not seen it myself, but I did see that it was available on Amazon Prime. Um, during one week in September of 2014, the British tabloid The Daily Star ran three sensationalistic front page stories about alleged sightings of black-eyed children connected to the sale of a supposedly haunted pub in Staffordshire. Um, and it is pronounced, I'm, I'm saying the actual correct pronunciation of it. If you, if, if Americans were to look at it, we would want to say Staffordshire, but no, it is pronounced Staffordshire. Um, the paper claimed that a shock rise in sightings uh, were reported around the world. Alleged sightings were taken seriously by ghost hunters, some of whom believe black-eyed children are either ghosts, vampires, or extraterrestrials, as I stated. Science writer Sharon A. Hill was unable to find any documentation of black-eyed child encounters, including that the tales are passed on as kind of a friend-of-the-friend ghost stories. Again, as a lot of urban legends and creepypastas are spawned. Hill considers the legend to resemble a typical spooky or spooky folklore story such as the Phantom Black Dog, where the subject is not supernatural, but there may never have been an actual original encounter. And Snopes lists the phenomenon is a legend. So um, the BuzzFeed article also goes back to mentioning these Daily Star um, articles as well around this specific pub in Staffordshire where these uh, black-eyed child sightings that happened in 2014, specifically in September of 2014. Um, so I wanted to link that back around to those child murders again that I mentioned because it's interesting to note that... In September of, I'm sorry, in March of 2014, that same year, the uh, murderer who was arrested for these murders, they were actually uh, dubbed the name the Canock Chase murders in Staffordshire, England. Uh, Raymond Leslie Morris murdered 
or was convicted of murdering, I think it was three, actually one, but supposedly there were three. Um, he died in March of 2014. And then these sightings happened in September of 2014. So I thought it was just pretty interesting that it was not that long after and that it's all within this same specific area that there's been these sightings. That's why I didn't necessarily, even though Wikipedia stated it, that it was a, an American contemporary legend. Um, there were those reports back in the 80s and then tied to this area in the 60s from these child murders. So I just, from Wikipedia, I just wanted to give a quick uh, mention of these murders. Um, again, they were called the Canuck, uh Chase Murders. They were murders of three young schoolgirls that occurred in Staffordshire during the late 60s. And a trial reported to have been received as an unprecedented public interest. Raymond Leslie Morris of Walsall, Staffordshire, was convicted at the Stafford Anzies of the murder of Christine and Arby after one of the largest manhunts in British history. Morris is also considered the chief suspect in the deaths of Margaret Reynolds and Diana Joy Tift. In November of 2010, he was granted a judicial review of his case in a bid to overturn his conviction, which failed. Morris died in prison in March of 2014, aged 84, after serving 45 years, by which time he was one of Britain's longest-serving prisoners. Um, so, in 64, Julia was nine years old when she was murdered. In 66 was when the bodies of Margaret Reynolds and Diana Joy Tift were found. Margaret was six and Diana was five. So, those were the three girls that were murdered. Um, again, in 64 and 66, respectfully, and then um, ultimately, uh, it said that, um, I think it said in 68 was when uh, Raymond Morris was arrested. Yeah, 45 years he spent in prison and then died not long uh, before they started seeing these sightings not far from that area. Um, and it's it should be noted that a lot of sightings that are mentioned are either little boys or little girls. Now, it should be said that these were three little girls in these Canock Chase murders and that the sightings that were seen near that pub in Canock, near Canock Chase in Staffordshire, were little girls. So the three sightings that were reported in 2014 were little girls that were seen with black eyes. So who's to know if it's, it could make people maybe thinking that it's the little girls and it's not. And it, you know, I've always stood by the fact that I think they're demonic, but I think it's even sadder to think that they're tied to this area somehow. There's so much negative energy just well, around that area many, many stories about ghost children that have no eyes and shit like that but these have actual eyes they're just black so it's just Completely so weird black now it should be noted that this area is highly there's been ufo sightings there's been mysterious lights there's this uh, there, there's just so many, this whole entire area, um, literally since the seventies, eighties has had all kinds of urban legends tied around it. Not to mention back in 2014, 2016, these 
sightings of black-eyed children in Stafford. So, like, George so. is going to add another to the list. It's the Skinwalker Ranch of the UK. Uh, basically, <laughs> yeah. I mean, it might as well might as well be. Um, so it, uh, yeah. So I just thought that was really interesting that that you actually had, um, even though one of the most famous reports and kind of, uh, basically described as one of the originators of the legend was in 96 this one by brian bethel who it's pretty interesting that for years his story never changed so i mean that's 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 a given um it's sourced that he his story wasn't the original story if you believe um lee brickley and the stories that happened back in 82 that him his friends and his aunt witnessed um so i think that's even more interesting that it goes back even that far and that here you've got one guy in 96 that from there at least up until 2012 2013 his story never changed stayed exactly the same and then you have somebody that's able to corroborate evidence from or corroborate witnesses from all the way back in the 80s that witnessed them all the way across the pond not here in america but in the uk and they're in an area that was linked back to child murders. So that's really interesting. And literally in the exact same area, in the literal exact same area that these little girls were found murdered, they had these black eyed children sightings. In the same year, just, when, just within a span of months that the murderer himself died in prison. Yeah, so that's- Coincidence? Well, just, I think evil energy is all tied in oh, together. Yeah, you know, I mean, we've, we've done enough of these podcasts and have had enough of our own experiences and have read enough experiences to know that there are energies that exist, whether, you know, if you guys are listening, I'm sure you believe too. If not, try to keep an open mind, but there are energies that exist everywhere. And it's a given that there's positive and negative energies. And if an area is just wrapped around negative energies, I mean... I, I think it's pretty safe to say that you would have more demonic activity and I'm more apt to sense. believe that I'm more apt to believe that the uh, black eyed kids are more evil entities than they oh, are. Oh yeah. Well, considering like what they actually do, you know, like I've never heard a story about what actually happens when they, if you let them in. Okay. So basically black eyed children between usually at night, They'll show up at your door and they'll knock. There's usually two of them. And they won't look at you in the face. They usually have their head down. And typically if there's two of them, there's an older one and a younger usually, one. Usually, yes. Um, the younger one usually never speaks. It's always the older one. And typically they'll have their head down most of the time with a hood. They always try to cover their faces as much they as They don't possible. want you to see their eyes. Right. And usually people have described them as being off. Cause, but what they'll do is they'll come to your door and they'll ask you to either let them in to use the bathroom or the phone. They pretend like they're lost. Um, that's a big one. So they'll, so you'll let them in. Don't let them in. I don't know what happens when you let them in, but I can't imagine. It's probably not good. Well, I think people say they just immediately, even though they're children, there's just an immediate sense of foreboding. Like you just know. Before they even answer the door, I've heard people say like this is just overwhelming. They'll just knock. Dread. They'll just knock and you'll just be like. First of all, it's 10 o'clock. The fuck you doing here? Right. The fuck? Like why? And are this you at isn't my house? just houses. 
They will go oh, to apartments. Hotels, apartments. Oh, yeah. Like I said, they'll come out to parked. I've read one, sorry, two stories of where they came up to a parked car and one at a rest stop. Bitch, no. I'll be tearing out of there. I'll be like, okay, bye. Yeah, the one guy, he said that it came up to his driver's side, not looked at, from, the, from what I remember, I know the one guy that was at, from, from what I can sort of remember, I know the guy that was at the um, rest stop peeled the fuck off. <laughs> like, he was like, mm. <laughs> like, I don't Smart think so. Smart man. Like, absolutely not. No, I just, I wouldn't want anybody coming up to me like that, period. Especially where I've already got a bad feeling. And then, you know, like we say, they try to, they do their best to conceal their faces because they don't want you to see their eyes, of course. But, um, oh, it should be noted that another reason why I think that people have, because uh, there was that thing that they're demons, extraterrestrials, or vampires, is that there's... There's that folklore that goes along with vampire legends that vampires, you have to invite them in to your home for them to be able to enter. If you don't invite them in, they can't come in. So you actually have to be able to invite them in to your home for them to enter. So it's the same thing with black eyed kids. Unless you tell them that they can enter your home, they they can't come in. Apparently they can't come in. But um, who knows? Because there's never been an experience that I've read that anybody actually does let them in because they've already got a feeling that they're just too fucking creeped out enough, whether they make eye, con- eye contact with them enough or not. Uh, I know sometimes where there's instances where people actually will see their eyes is um, sometimes they'll get upset mm-hmm. if you don't let them in and then they'll look up. And get like, mad. Oh, fuck. And you're like, fuck, no. Like, <laughs> no. I mean, te- that is that is vampire folklore, but that's technically demons, too. Technically. I mean, there are demons in situations where you weren't like, yes, come in. But you inadvertently do it. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like, you're not like, yes, why yes, please, enter. By all means. Mikasa Sukasa, demon. <laughs> but you do it in a way that right. you're not even aware that you're doing it. But a demon's not going to just waltz in without being, quote unquote, invited in yeah. some way, shape, or form. It's letting its way in. All right. So I have given a quick overview of some history of Black Eyed Kids. So Casper is actually going to go ahead and give some stories. We actually... Um, you know, we put out there since last week, if anybody wanted to email and write into us either fictional or real life stories of experiences that they've had um, with black eyed children. And uh, Casper has a few of those. So I will turn them over to her. We have one fake story um, that was written from his name is... Zoe, he goes by Zoe Enzo or Lorenzo. He actually I love Lorenzo. Right. By the way. I love Lorenzo. <laughs> Just saying. He writes for a horror blog called Horror Bound, and it's Horror Bound. Sorry, my phone <laughs> just decided to me clicking on TikTok. Like, oh, oh shit. No. Oh shit. Um net is the name of the website. Nice. It is also a magazine called Horrorbound. He writes for them. They write all things horror. Uh, most of it's fiction. 
but they do uh, book reviews, they do movie reviews, they talk about random horror things, creepy places. Uh, I know Zoe has actually his own little um, part of it where he wrote, um, it's called Journals, where he wrote true stories about things that happened to him with the demon. Um, I am planning on reading those. I'm just not in a good place mentally for that right now. So it will happen, just not at the moment. But, um, he, he's a really cool guy. Shout out to you, Enzo. I know that he's been really excited for me to read this. I'm excited to read it because I read his story and I was like, this is not real. But Lord Jesus, this just, oh my God. Oh my God. He's not escaping mode. <laughs> Fuck. I'm sorry. <laughs> I sent you that thing on Instagram, and now that's been stuck in my head ever since. Oh, my I just, God. I can't help it. He's on S-Games mode. If anybody knows where that's from. Shout out to the millennials. Exactly. Um, So I'm going to read his story first, because I feel like I want to leave the real ones at the end to genuinely creep you guys out. So turn off your lights. Grab, pause it. Go grab a drink, go get a beer, go get some coffee, put on the fireplace, and let's dig in. This story is called Them, and it is by Lorenzo Moscato. I really like the fact that your last name is, go grab some wine. <laughs> go get some Moscato. The moving part was easy for Jack, even if he did just move into his grandmother's old house. Her death had come as a surprise to his family. She was a health nut and dying from a heart attack. She, oh, this is going to go great. She was a health nut and dying from a heart attack just seemed odd. The other thing that came as a surprise was that his grandmother had left him everything. The house, all her belongings, everything. They had never really been that close, but Jack accepted it despite the other members of his family being upset that he had inherited what little money she had, all the jewelry, and the house she had purchased a year prior. It was brand new and he loved it. The house itself was gorgeous, a gorgeous little cottage in a new development at the edge of his hometown. It was almost in the boonies, but it would do. He loved the idea that his closest neighbors were miles away, which was another reason he had not argued with his aunts and parents over who would get the house. Jack understood why everyone wanted it. It was a gorgeous dwelling, all wood and glass, and the location was even better. He would gladly take it. He was a writer by trade and loved the solitude. I get it. <laughs> like me personally I get it <laughs> the moving was finally done everything was pretty easy since he had basically just kept everything the way his grandmother left it he didn't really need to buy any furniture he she had left him hers the only things he really needed to move in were his laptop his flat screen his clothing and his entertainment center all of that all of that the movers had put in the empty extra bedroom that Jack had transformed into his office he cracked open a beer that he had gotten from his fridge and finally sat down at, an old, at his old oak desk to go over the paperwork the lawyers had given him. His grandmother's will and some other things that she had left him. His eyes scanned over the will, pretty standard stuff. He set it aside and opened a plain white envelope that had his name on it. Inside was a small piece of paper that had something perplexed, that perplexed the young man. It said, don't let them in. He didn't know who the them was and his grandmother or who he, his grandmother was referring to, but it didn't really seem important. What the hell? It scared the shit out of me. 
I was trying to make I'm it so more sorry. realistic. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. I don't know why. But I was like. She was like so I'm intent like, with that. I'm like She's... listening and all of a sudden I'm like. She wasn't ready at all. What the hell? Jack said aloud as he jumped nearly out of his skin when he heard knocking coming from his front door. He wasn't expecting anyone and it was nearly sundown. Jack walked up to his front door and looked through the peephole. Right there on the porch was a child. Couldn't have been more than six or seven years old. He unlocked the door and opened it. Uh, can I help you? He asked, bewildered that a child would be out in the middle of nowhere by himself. Um, can Bobby come out and play? The boy asked. Uh, there's no one here named Bobby. I think you have the wrong house, Jack said, studying the boy. He looked pretty average for a kid. Dark hair, dark eyes, dressed in a plain black slacks and a plain black t-shirt. Oh, I'm sorry, the boy replied and walked away from the house. Hmm. That was weird, Jack said to himself, closing the door and locking it. Anyway, guess I should get to writing. Maybe some dinner, Jack thought, and headed into the kitchen to make a sandwich or something and get ready for the a night of writing his manuscript. Still, something unnerved him about the kid. The closest house was at least a mile away, and he was all alone. And in, there had been no one living in this house named Bobby, ever. Something in the boy's eyes made Jack nervous, like some primal part of his brain was sending up warning signals. He looked at the piece of paper his grandmother had left him about not letting them in. He just shook it off as nerves and being tired from the moving around all day. Did I scare you that time? It's like I was expecting it. That she time. was like, I was ready. Jack put his sandwich down that he was about to bite into and headed back to the front door. He looked through the people and saw not one, but now two children. The same boy as before, and now a little girl who looked to be a little bit older. They were holding hands. She looked very much like him. Same dark hair. Same plain clothing. Except she had longer hair that was tied into braids. Jack sighed and opened his front door. Look, kids, I already said, but he was talking to an empty space. There was no one there. The writer blinked and rubbed his eyes. He was sure that he had seen them standing there prior to opening the door. He stepped onto the porch and looked around but didn't see anyone. Not in his driveway, not on the road, not on the side of the house. They just simply vanished. Okay, then. You're definitely needing some sleep, he thought, and went back to his house, locking the door. You've got to be kidding me, Jack said as he unlocked and whipped the door open. But again, there was no one there. He stepped out and shouted, Okay, this is getting ridiculous. There's no one here named Bobby, so stop messing with me, you stupid little brats. He slammed the door, locking it shut, and returned to his work and small dinner. Jack rubbed his eyes and checked his phone. He had been typing away at his laptop for the better part of the evening and lost track of time. It was past midnight. He needed sleep before the conference call with his office in the morning. His publisher wanted an update on his new book. Jack smiled and saved his file, shutting down the computer, headed to bed. He felt accomplished. He went ahead in his work and felt that this work would be the best story he had written in a long time. The clock on his nightstand read 3.14 a.m. And then... There's no fucking way, Jack thought, running down the stairs to his front door and swinging it open. There in front of him stood the two children he had seen before. What the fuck do you brats want, he shouted. He couldn't hold back anymore. This game was getting ridiculous. Can Bobby come on and play? They answered in unison. <laughs> Something about the tone, the way they said it, sent shivers up Jack's spine. Look, kids, like I've said before, there's no Bobby here, all right? No one with that name lives here. You have the wrong house. Plus, it's the middle of the goddamn night. What the hell are you doing out here? Jack had had it with this stupid game. These kids had been pestering him all day, and he wasn't going to take it anymore. 
Can we come in and call our parents? We're lost. The girl looked up at Jack with her dark eyes, and he could see just a hint of sadness in them. What the fuck? Jack thought and sighed. He supposed that while they were bratty and bugging him all damn day, he couldn't just send them out into the darkness. They must have been playing in the woods or something. But still, the whole Bobby thing sent him all those red flags in his head that had been there since he first saw these kids. The note that his grandmother left him slowly began to creep back into his consciousness. He was far too tired and too annoyed to even focus on the words. What were they? He couldn't remember. Beaten and tired, he opened the door wider. Fine, call your parents to come get you and then promise to leave me alone? The kids nodded and entered the home. Jack closed the door behind him and locked it, then led the way into the living room where he had left his phone. When he turned around to ask for the phone number, they disappeared. These fucking brats, Jack thought. They had definitely just weaseled their way in and ran off somewhere in his house. They were fucking with him. Okay, no more games, Jack shouted. Come out and get the hell out of my house. A whisper from behind him. Can Bobby come out and play? Jack spun around, but there was no one there. There's no Bobby here. I've told you that. Now come out and get out of here. Can Bobby come out and play? What the fuck is going on? Jack shouted and walked to the door, but something out of the corner of his eye caught his attention. He looked and saw the boy standing in the kitchen. His hands were behind his back and the boy had his eyes closed. Hey, kid, what are you doing there? Jack approached slowly, but he kept his distance. The boy opened his eyes and they were solid black. He looked up at Jack and had the wickedest grin he had ever seen before. The boy moved his hands from behind his back and they were empty. He just held them at his side and smiled at Jack with an evil grin. Will you play with us? That whisper coming from behind Jack, he turned to see the little girl. Her eyes were solid black as her brother's. She brandished a large kitchen knife and smiled at him as she approached Jack. The next morning, the police were at the cottage at the end of the cul-de-sac. The detective frowned as he looked at the body of the young man lying on the ground. His face was contorted into fear. Cause of death was pronounced as a heart attack, just like his grandmother, the previous occupant of the home, and his twisted hands was a single crumbled piece of paper. The detective pried it out of the man's hands and read it. Don't let them in. Yeah. <laughs> How good was that, though? Like, woo! Woo! You were just a little too nonchalant, though, about these... I know it's a fake story, obviously, because let me tell you something. Like, the first <laughs> time you come to my... No, I'm not answering the door after that. I'm calling the fucking cops. You better get the fuck out of here. You definitely are not running in my house. <laughs> Bitch. Like, no. No. Thank you again for sending that to me, Lorenzo. Yes, thank you. That was awesome. It was very good. I don't need those emails. <laughs> okay. So I'm going to read this one. This is supposedly real. This is from a guy named Jake. He did not want to be identified any further. Um, he. This is actually like if you Google Black Eyed Kids, this is a story that will pop up. This was not sent in to us. Um. But I wanted to read this story because I thought it was I thought it was pretty good. It is called My Black-Eyed Kid Encounter by Jake. So, black-eyed kids, the mere idea of them terrifies me. It didn't used to. In fact, I didn't understand what the big deal was. I don't know why. I mean, I read the online stories and articles about BEKs just like everyone else, but I didn't have that visceral reaction so many other people did when reading about them. So I embarked on a quest. I'd show people just how unscary these things were, whatever they were. Who knew if black-eyed kids was even a real thing? 
I'm the kind of person that actually needs to see it for myself. I began doing a lot of on online research and I looked at paranormal sites. I watched scary videos on YouTube about BEKs and from everything I gathered, they found you, you didn't find them. And it seemed like it was pretty much just by chance that they did find you. So what was I to do? I came up with a plan. I began putting up anonymous ad on Craigslist. It read, Black Eyed Kids, I'm Not Afraid of You, I Want to Meet You, 9 p.m. Wednesday. The park bench on the corner of 3rd and Washington, show me why I'm wrong and I should be afraid. First of all, I would just like to point out the fact that you're going on Craigslist. <laughs> you're like, hey, Black Eyed Kids. Like, these, these kids have fucking internet. Hey, Black Eyed Kids. Yo, Black Eyed Kids, what's up? It's your boy. <laughs> hey, demons, it's me. Your boy. Your boy. <laughs> Hey, black guy kids, it's me, your boy. <laughs> All upon fucking Craigslist like that and shit. That's no. just so funny. The bench was only a block from my apartment, so every Wednesday I would walk down there and see if anyone or anything came by. I usually wouldn't sit there. I'd stand back and watch. I'm not stupid. I may not be afraid for black-eyed kids, but I know that the internet can attract some crazies. And it did. Occasionally. Nothing exciting enough to write about, though. A couple pervs and some teenage kids joking around. So this went on for about six months, and then I stopped posting the ad. The week I stopped, I got a knock on my door. I was sitting on my couch, and it was later after 9 p.m. I don't know how to explain it, but the second I heard the knock, my skin went ice cold. I didn't need to get up. I knew who it was, and to much of my surprise, I was already terrified. I was wrong about not being afraid of black-eyed kids. The fear is on a different level, instinctual, primal. But still, I managed to get up and open the door, and yep, there was a kid, about nine years old, olive skin, dark hair, solid black eyes, staring up at me. Can I come in? He said. I was speechless. After what seemed like an eternity, I responded with a no, and I began closing the door. We missed you at the park tonight, the boy said. I stopped closing the door, and I looked at him, my mind racing. They've been watching me, the boy smiled up. They've been watching me. The boy smiled up at me. It took everything I had to make my arm move again, pushing the door closed and locking it. As soon as I shut the door, I gasped for air. I hadn't been breathing. I sat back against my wall, facing the closed door. He knocked three times. He was still there. I waited. Nothing. It took me at least an hour to move from that spot staring at the door. I didn't sleep that night or the next night. Eventually, I collapsed with exhaustion at my desk at work, only be awakened minutes later by a nightmare memory of that boy. It had been six months. I can't explain the fear that washes over your body when you see the eyes of these kids. And the state of your mind, the way your body wants to listen to what they're telling you, what they're asking. I thought if I told you my story, it would help me get over what happened and warm others. I'm positive these kids are evil, and the people they meet who can't resist whatever power they wield, I don't think we will ever hear from those people. I now avoid the corner dark bench with everything I have and don't tell anyone why. People think I'm crazy sometimes, walking three blocks out of my way just to make sure I don't go near it. But you'd be the same way if you went through what I did. Black-eyed kids are nothing to mess with. You know what I find funny? It was knocking threes. Yep. <laughs> and if anyone knows, you know what threes mean. Knock three times on the ceiling if you want. Like, no, absolutely don't. <laughs> Do not. Don't. Don't knock anywhere. The door, the ceiling, the pipe, anywhere. Like, don't. Twice on the pipe. If the answer yeah, is no. Please. If anyone knows that song, you are amazing. Tony Orlando and Donna. Oh, my sweetness. 
Me and Joe meet me. <laughs> they also did uh, tie a yellow ribbon. What is that one? Tie a yellow ribbon around the old oak tree. Yeah. Tony Orlando and Dawn. Yep. My grandparents liked him. That's why I know that song. All right, guys. So we have two more stories, and both are going to be anonymous. Um, these one, these are the the two that are anonymous are real. <laughs> these were actually written into us. I can see why. I wouldn't. Yeah. I would be worried that. I don't know. I'd be worried they would. It's kind of like I feel like if someone would have given us a Skinwalker story, they don't. No, it's kind of like the Slender Man lore. The more you talk about it, the more you research it, the more you dig into it, the more the they find you. Right. Even though Slender Man isn't real. Anyway, um, so this is <clears throat> the story. This happened. Oh no, this didn't happen at this point. I'm sorry. This was just when it was written. So the day I'm sorry, I was like ready for how <laughs> spooky. It was like, okay, the story. The story. This happened. Well, actually, I noticed somebody. <laughs> well, actually, wait, wait. All right. Now be ready. Okay. <laughs> At this point, almost everyone that loves creepy pastas has heard of the Black Eyed Children's stories. However, while everyone is enjoying the new stories, I've known about them since I was a kid in the mid '90s. My grandmother used to tell me stories of her younger years, back when she was a teenager, still living with her mother. She grew up in a ranch just outside of a small town somewhere in Mexico. Their closest neighbor was an old widow that lived about two miles out on a hill. Grandma used to call the poor lonely woman a bruja, which is a witch. Grandma said that strange lights and noises often came from the window's hill, the widow's hill, not the window's hill, the widow's hill in the middle of the night. According to my grandma and her mother, my great-grandma, the old widow was only married to her husband for a few days before he was chased down, jailed, and hanged for theft by the people of the nearby town. His actions left her shunned by the local community. Whenever my great-grandmother and grandmother had to do had to go into town, they would hear a multitude of different stories revolving around the old widow on the hill. Some said she turned to black magic to try and resurrect her husband, while others said she made a deal with the devil to try and get revenge against the people that killed her husband. Excuse me. But there was a more widely shared story that most people accepted. The old widow was lonely and heartbroken. She had no children, and her dreams of being a mother were shattered the day her husband was executed. She turned to black magic to try to fill the hole in her heart. She played with demonic incantations every night to summon the devil himself so he could grant her children. At least those were the rumors. One day those rumors were confirmed when off in the distance my great-grandfather saw something while herding the cattle. He said that the widow was standing at the entrance of her adobe house with two children looking down as he passed by. She held their hands as they watched him pass without blinking. Grandma could eventually see the children and the old woman as well. It wasn't until one of the locals that delivered the goods to the widow that the town learned how strange the children actually were. He told everyone they spoke in a strange accent, carried the strange feeling of dread and evil. Grandma said that they described the children as having a maldition, uh, which translates to a curse. The creepiest thing about the children were their glass-like solid black eyes. Grandma said that the man who told the town about the black-eyed children got sick the very next day and died ranting about the devil choking him. After his death, no one dared try and deliver anything to the old widow. She continued to stand by her home every time someone passed, always with her black-eyed children at her sides holding her hands. Grandma used to tell me that they were the devil's children. Other times she would tell me they were the devil himself. 
Eventually, the old woman disappeared, but the children continued to stand just outside the house and watch people pass by. One day, as Grandma passed the old widow's home, she noticed the children were gone. Instead feeling relieved, she was nearly overwhelmed by a feeling of dread. The old house's front door was wide open, but somehow she knew it was empty. It wasn't long before people in the town started spotting the evil-looking children walking around town as the sun was going down. Rumors and stories about the little demon children circulated the town, and my grandmother heard a different story every time she visited. A few of the residents started to disappear without notice. Some of their homes would be nearly empty as if they just picked up and left. Others seemed untouched as if the family was taken. Naturally, the blame fell on the black-eyed children. Grandma's family eventually packed up and left one day. Great-grandpa had purchased the land close to the church. He said, never said it out loud, but Grandma knew he was scared of the black-eyed children. My own mother confirmed the stories my grandmother told me, but refused to talk more about them. She used to say that talking about the devil would invite him into your life. I wish I could have asked my grandmother more about the black-eyed children and about the small town she lived in, but she passed away in a hospital somewhere in Mexico. My mother said she was in a state of panic as she drew in her last breaths, almost as she knew she could see something terrible, almost as if she was seeing something terrible that only she could see. She died scared and confused, desperately trying to get out of the bed she was in. She couldn't speak. She only wheezed as her heart finally gave out and she passed into stillness. Rest in peace, Grandma. Aww. That's really sad, but that's also really fucking scary. Oh my god. Whew. Thank yeah, you. Thank you for that. But I'm like, I'm a little speechless but after that. Yeah. Like, not only is it scary, it's also. Mm, it's makes sad. Me sad. I know. I decided not to read the real stories until right now because I wanted to react to them the same way you would. Yeah. Because I mean, <laughs> I'm like, woo, that was heavy. Yeah, it's heavy. Oh, thank you for that story. Yeah, Jeez. thank you. That was... Oh, boy. The same... This this same um, person has told me some... I'm like, I'm not need... I'm gonna need you to, like, just one day we're gonna talk on the phone and <laughs> just want you to tell me everything. <laughs> okay. Let me get my other one. This is the last one. Sure. I don't know why this is being dumb. I'm trying to open the... <laughs> there we go. I was like, I'm trying to open it and it's not opening. Okay. So this is also written in by an anonymous... Uh, if this is the story that I think it is, this is f absolutely terrifying. Okay, so I'm going to take a drink real quick. Like it hasn't already been terrifying, but... <laughs> right? No, I know. Also, just to let you guys know, like if, you, if this isn't enough for you and you just need more Black Eyed Children stories, Mortis Media on YouTube has uh, videos of like at least hours, like probably two or three hours full of black eyed children's story for you. And uh B Busta has some as well. And he's also really good for skinwalker stories. Mortis Media, Creepy Pasta, or Mr. Creepy Pasta, B Busta, and there's another one. I can't remember the other one's name, but they all are absolutely fantastic. And I'm sure he'd be on there with with them. B Busta is um British, which listening to him tell stories is just great. <laughs> yeah, I know there's a few that I've really, really, really liked. There's one in particular. It's not 
scary stories, but there's a YouTube video in particular. The guy has a uh, British accent, and I really like those videos. Um, I know uh, earlier, well... Mr. Nightmare is who it is. Mr. Nightmare. It's been about nine months ago, um, but I went back and listened to this one, uh, Scared to Death podcast, Dan and Lynn's. Um, one of the stories that Dan told was about black eyed children. Those stories get me, man. Yeah. They're Oh, and just creepy. My personal favorites are B Busta and Just Creepy. Yeah, just those are the two I really like. Okay. I've listened listened to Just Creepy before. I really like Just Creepy. Just creepy. Okay. This particular incident happened sometime around the years 2014-2015 while I was hanging out with a college acquaintance one night. It was about 10.30 that evening and my friend, who we'll just say, we'll call Sam, and I were sitting downstairs in her parents' family room watching an episode of a fairly interesting anime series by the name of Charlotte. That weekend, Sam's parents had gone down to visit family in Tennessee and asked Sam to watch the house in their absence. For some context, Sam's parents lived out in... Verona, Kentucky, a rather rural little community about 17 minutes south of the bigger and more familiar city of Florence. Out here, most of the residents had large country homes, large acres of land between them and their neighbors, so it was pretty easy to feel isolated once the sun went down and the daily traffic diminished into the night. As it was beginning to get pretty late, Sam had decided to turn on the porch light and let Sasha, a large three-year-old chocolate lab, run outside one last time for the night. As the episode... We had been watching came to a close. Sam decided to pause the episode that followed and suggest we go get some snacks and retrieve Sasha from the backyard. The both of us headed upstairs towards her kitchen where I began raiding her fridge and cabinets while she walked out into the porch and called for Sasha. I had just finished making myself a sandwich when a strange light set of knocks echoed through the hallway just beyond the kitchen leading towards the front door. At first, honestly, I didn't really think much of it, being that we were in an older house. I figured the noise could have been anything. A creak from the house settling, some pipes rattling about in the walls. I wasn't really concerned. Suddenly, Sam opens the back door, and Sasha comes in barreling past me and stops dead in front of the hallway where I was hearing noises from. In her pause, Sasha's ears perked up as if she heard someone at the door, and she shifted her stance to something more playful and curious as she stood there and eyed the entrance. I would just like to follow this up by saying I do actually not know this story, so this is fun. (laughs) Sam had just locked up the back door and turned off the porch light when all of a sudden again, there came a light three knocks from the hallway. So interesting is always three knocks. This time there was no doubt about the order. Literally every story I've always heard. Yep. Every single story. It's been three knocks. It's always three knocks. Um, this time there was no doubt about the origin of the sound. It was coming from the front door. Immediately I felt uneasy as I glanced over to Sam and was met with an equally shaken, confused expression. What the hell? It's almost 11. Who is that? Sam asked as she walked over and took a stand behind Sasha, trying to see if she could make out a silhouette through the little glass beveled window on her parents' door. I didn't answer her and the room fell into an uncomfortable silence for a few tense minutes as Sam went still next to me. About that time, the lights of a passing car casted enough light to allow the both of us a glimpse of a small silhouette through the glass. Is there a vent under here? 
behind you. Okay. I was like, as soon as I said that, I felt cold air on my foot, and I'm like, wait. I was like, it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to need explanation like, right now. right behind you. That's funny. Um... So just as the car, ca- the car casted just enough light to allow the both of us a glimpse of a small silhouette through the glass. More knocking came from the door. This time they sounded just a little bit more demanding. I heard Sam audibly gasp before Sasha, who had been silently perked at Sam's feet the entire time, broke the silence of the room with an angry, violent snarl. I glanced down to see her take a few cautious steps into the hallway before coming to a pause and beginning to bark angrily at the door. With her parents normally docile and friendly labs suddenly acting defensive, Sam's entire attitude changed, and so did mine. I was instantly flooded with a mixture of fear and dread. Someone's in trouble, Sam reasoned as she started past me and towards the door. I felt my heart racing and sinking all at once as Sam paused for the final time in front of the door and tried to get a sense for who was actually out there. I had managed to force myself to walk a little past the hallway into the hallway before the renewed intensity of Sasha's violent snarls brought me to a complete stop behind her. Just around the bend of Sam in the front door lobby area, the second Sam's hand reaches for the deadbolt, Sasha Sasha lunged forward and went wild at the door. Quiet, Sasha, Sam Sam barked nervously as she undid the deadbolt into the door and cracked the door open enough to block Sasha's escape if she attempted it. Instead, Sasha fell back, whimpering and barking threateningly towards the door, obviously afraid of whatever was on the other side. I managed to gain enough courage to peek around the corner and look over Sam's shoulders through the second locked glass door at who was standing. Out front, it was a girl who didn't look to be any older than Sam or I. I was 21 at the time, and she definitely looked to be about 16 or 17. At first, I couldn't make out the distinct features of her face as she was wearing loose black pullover-style hoodie and had the hood drawn up overshadowing her face. What I couldn't make out, however, was that her hair was long and tussled dirty blonde. She was wearing a pair of torn, light-washed jeans and that she seemed fairly slender and pale. As I looked over her, as I looked her over, something about her just seemed off and I couldn't really put my finger on it. Can I help you? Sam asked wearily from behind the crack in the door. Yes, ma'am. Can I please come inside and use your phone to call my father? My car broke down just a ways off down the road and I need some help. The girl responded back politely, but something about her voice sounded off as she spoke. It seemed confident but calm, almost calculating as she held her head tilted down and avoided meeting Sam's gaze. Um, don't you have a cell phone you can call your dad on? Sam asked suspiciously. Almost instantly, the girl outside the door went rigid and there was an unnatural pause as she seemed to contemplate what to say. Ma'am, my cell phone battery doesn't have any charge left in it. Can I please come inside and call my father? I'm alone out here, and it's really cold. I just want to point something out. If you're 17, you're not going to talk like that. Like, this day and age, in 2014 and 2015, mm-hmm. you're not going to say, my cell phone battery doesn't have any charge left. You're gonna it's, say almost my like they don't, it's almost like they don't know how to talk. Right, and for her to say... I'm alone out here and it's really cold. Like you're you're a 17 year old girl this time in the world is not gonna talk like that. I just wanted to point that out. <coughs> oh my god. <laughs> it was then at this point, alarm bells started going off when I realized that what was bothering about the girl when I realized what it was that was bothering me so much about the girl. Before Sam could process what was happening, I gathered the courage to step forward and stop her from opening the door any wider. 
Completely unaware of doing so, Sam had begun to open the door and was reaching to undo the lock on the glass in front of her. I'm sorry, honey. It's far too late for the dog. It's far too late and the dog isn't good with strangers, I said quickly. At the same time, I gently nudged Sam away from the door, closed it a few more inches to make it seem like I was trying to keep Sasha from bolting. Why don't you give us your father's number and we can call him from our phones? Again, there was another unnatural pause as the girl seemed to consider what to say. During this brief period of silence, I took the opportunity to talk to Sam about the situation behind the door. Sam, there's something seriously wrong with this girl. It's July. How can she be complaining that she's cold? Something about the way she's speaking and the way she's acting feels very wrong and unnatural. It's like she has ulterior motives. After a short moment, I peeked back around the door to find the girl had moved closer towards the door and was now standing deathly still just beyond the glass. That gave me chills. Right. The sight was extremely unnerving as she wasn't standing there with her arms crossed or posed in a way that she was suggesting she was waiting. She was literally just standing right outside the door with her arms at her side and her held her head tilting towards the ground. Ma'am, I really have to go to the bathroom. Can I please come in while you call my father? I'm not going to hurt you. The girl asked again. This time, however, she finally looked... <laughs> she... F I'm like, oh. She finally looked up at me as she finished her question. And in the light, I was able to make out her face. Solid black eyes. That was all I could see. I took a step back as terror washed over me and every hair on my body stood on end. In that moment, I have chills right now. In that moment, Sasha lunged forward, snarling with an obvious intent to harm the girl on the other side of the door, and I barely managed to get the door shut before she attempted to bolt through. The offer still stands. We can call your father if you give us the number. I shouted through the door, but we can't let you in. Sam was already grabbing Sasha's collar and trying to wrestle the dog down the hallway to grab her phone as I locked the door and forced myself to look through the glass pane. Part of me wanted to run after Sam and tell her to just call the police, but the bigger part didn't want to lose track of where this girl was on the property. I looked again outside. I could see that the girl was still standing there, just motionless. Unsettled by this, I inched backwards away from the door and silently rested myself against the opposite wall, waiting for Sam to get back with her phone. After what seemed like forever, Sam finally re-emerged next to me from within the house, clutching her cell phone in her hand. Behind her, Sasha's outburst had reduced back down to vicious snarls with an occasional threatening bark towards the door. She's still standing there, Sam said in a voice barely above a whisper. I glanced ahead at the door before willing myself to walk back over and peek out of the small glass pane. The front porch was completely empty. Unconvinced that the girl had truly left so abruptly, my eyes scoured the darkness for any signs of movement. Suddenly, in the faint light of the front porch, I could see a figure walking down the driveway towards the main road back into town. Once she came to the end of the driveway, the girl stopped and took one last brief look at the house before walking on the main road and disappearing. Too scared to go outside and attempt to head home afterwards, I ended up contacting my parents and staying with Sam until the next morning. Neither of us could sleep very soundly that night, and to this day, I honestly cannot rationalize what we experienced that evening. Okay! <laughs> <laughs> That's all, folks! Oh my god. That's you know, terrifying. I'm always one... You know, that was another thing. Even though this wasn't mentioned in other stories and there was only the animal mentioned in this one, animals always know. Oh yeah. Animals always know. Especially if you have a dog. Oh yeah. Like, if you have a dog that's... Especially protective. If their demeanor <clears throat> is one way, and then something shows up that's 
even the the slightest sign of uh evil or danger or anything anything off that the dog picks up on well she even said the dog's normal nature right very sweet kind of dog and after it like it was snarling at the door that, yeah that bitch knew what was up yeah. that dog was like no nah, man fuck that I don't even know how I would have reacted if someone would look up at me and I would just see black eyes like that. I don't even know. Kudos to you for keeping your calm. Because I would have probably just screamed and slammed the door shut. Like, I, there was, there would not have been a, the offer still stands. I would have been like, bitch, get the fuck out of my yeah, property. No. I'd be like. Yeah, you got to go. Dear Lord Jesus, in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. <laughs> Can I also say, am I the only one that when someone knocks on my fucking door, my first instinct has never been to just open the door unless I know who it is or I'm expecting someone? Let's talk about something real quick. Back in the day, <laughs> when someone knocked on the door, it was exciting. You were like, oh my God, someone's here to see me. Now when someone knocks on the door, you're like, the fuck is that? Who is that? I've heard knocks on our apartment door like late. And I honestly truly believe it's a ch- it's the kid that lives across from us cuz they're up late and that they have this kid is like 4. And for some reason at 11 o'clock he's screaming in the hallways. So I honestly think the knock is probably the child. But still yeah. it freaks it freaks me yeah. out. I'm not going to be like, "Yay, someone's here." <laughs> Yeah, I live in a residential neighborhood, and none of our neighbors would literally be knocking on our door unless their house was on fire. So, uh, yeah, there's no reason whatsoever anybody should be knocking on our fucking door, let alone at night. Come and knock on um, our door. We've not been waiting for you. Um, yeah, like, I'm going, uh, excuse me, who is that? And if they don't answer, I'm peeking out the blinds. Well, we also have a, um, a motion light. So that would really freak me out if they, like, walked up to the door in the motion light. Like, there's been times at night, we just sat up at night watching TV, and that motion light will go off, and I'm like... Like, if I see a shadow through the blinds, usually it's something scurrying across the porch of... Because we have woods, so it could be a... it. It's like a rabbit, a chipmunk, squirrels, God only knows what, and it'll set off that fucking thing. But if that light ever went off, and all of a sudden I see a shadow at the blinds... At the door, I'm going to be like, hell no. <laughs> that's what that's what you're going to hear on the other end of that motherfucking door. <laughs> Who is it? <laughs> I unfortunately don't think that guns help with ghosts. I don't care. Um, <laughs> that irrational, you know, it's a demon black-eyed child at the door, but you still go grab your motherfucking gun. <laughs> Just like we talked about you the ain't other taking, day. Because you ain't taking no motherfucking chances. Just like we talked about the other day when people are running from a ghost or a demon and then they slam the door, slam the door and lock it. it. And I'm like, yeah, that's effective. Um, I just want to see a movie where it walks through the door and it's like, it bitch, you literally fuck. literally like walks right through the door. Bitch, you guessed it. Exactly. <laughs> like, just like that. <laughs> right through the fucking door. The best. The best. I'm freaked out. Yeah. Man. Those were great. That was awesome. I knew this was going to be a short but sweet episode, but it's definitely one that I knew everybody was going to be looking forward to that I was looking forward to because anything about black-eyed kids, black-eyed kids' stories, folklore, 
That shit scares me. Fucking scary. Like I said, if you want more black eyed children's stories, I'm sorry. Mm. Um, just creepy, be busta. Be Busta and Mortis Media, Mortis Media especially, is going to be the one you want to listen to. Uh, Be Busta has a couple, uh, but make sure to check them out. Uh, there's a bunch of YouTube videos on them. Unfortunately, there's not really a lot of information about them, per se, but... As far as what they are, where they came from. Like we said, you know, you can kind of make up your own thoughts of of what you guys think some people you know like we said in those sightings in and around uh staffordshire there there's a lot of ufo and paranormal activity so some people believe they're ghosts some people believe they're demons some people believe they're extraterrestrials it goes without saying whatever you guys believe believe they're demons whatever you guys may believe but i kind of like the fact Personally, I think in this case, I've kind of liked the fact that you don't have a shit ton of stories. I like that they just kind of pop up every now and again, kind of all over the place, because I just think it makes the stories even creepier. Well, it's just like I was telling you the other day, a horror movie can have my attention and scare me until I see the demon. The only exception to that is Valak, because holy shit. Yeah. But... I, Paranormal Activity is such a perfect example. How terrifying is that movie because you never see it? Your imagination is going to scare you a whole lot more than something you're going to see. A lot of movies just... So the more... It's just like yeah. you said. The more mystery it has, the scarier it is. I think some of the best uh, suspense horrors or suspense thrillers have been based on more of what you don't see versus what your mind interprets. Yep. So. But yeah, that was a, this was an awesome That was episode. a great, that was fun. I like reading stories. Fun and spooky. Um, we should, we need to do another episode uh, where people send in ghost stories. Let's gather around the campfire and sing our campfire song. You know, that might be a good one to do for next, uh, since since we are in July, next month is August. Well, we're going somewhere in August. I was gonna... We're going ghost hunting next month. I can't. I literally. This is gonna be bad because I literally told someone the other day how much I miss being in the presence of spirits. So I'm like, I'm gonna walk into that building and they're gonna be like, Oh my god. <laughs> Oh my god, he's on ice games mode. <laughs> and I'm gonna be like, one at a time, please. It's been a hard year. <laughs> like, oh my god. Oh my god. Oh my god. X games mode. You're all on S games mode. <laughs> I cannot wait to get away really. Oh my god. But anyway, guys, um, that's all for tonight for that episode. Next week for our haunted location episode, we will be talking about a place called Lake Shawnee, and it is in Virginia. Um, I think actually in West Virginia. West Virginia. It is a haunted, almost a haunted, haunted abandoned amusement park. Yeah. I've heard of this place a few times. I came across it 
uh, randomly on a haunted, one of those haunted travel shows on the Travel Channel. I like to watch them, get ideas. Um, and you guys know how we love to do haunted places. And I just thought this one was really interesting because of the folklore behind it. Sort of reminded me of Bobby Mackey's a little bit. Um, it's got some, some Indian massacre stuff going on. So, um, yeah, it's just, it's really crazy. It's a place you can even still to this day visit as a haunted site, as a haunted attraction they do every year. Um, obviously not this year. Maybe they will. I don't know since it's an outdoor thing. Um, you know, we're going to Waverly Hills next month because it's outdoors and we can keep distance from people. Um, Lake Shawnee is the same thing because it's outside, it's in the woods. So maybe this year they might be able to do something like that. I don't know, states permitting, but, um, yeah, it's really interesting. And I saw it and I just thought like, okay, this is interesting. This is someplace I definitely want to talk about and possibly go to. So can't wait till next week. Now that I was thinking about it, we'll probably have to wear masks next month. And I'm like, yeah, I'm low key happy For about sure. that though, because dust is bestest. It's bestest. Um, definitely gonna have to wear masks. Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah, for sure. But I'm fine. I'm fine, I'm with, fine that anyway. with that. I I don't really that. Wear masks. Me. Stop being retarded. No, what was it you said? Tared. <laughs> Stop being tarded. <laughs> Retired. Stop being a tard. <laughs> wear a fucking mask. Um. So now a word from our small sayer. Calm your buddy down. Like the Jonas Brothers took over and Oh, I, every time I do it, I hear Nick Jonas or or one of them. We go together. I was gonna say Nick. Just Nick. Just it's just, just him. Nick. Just him. Bus, keep getting up. Get the medicine and pain. The tattoo. I'm sorry. I'm Is that what the actual song? <laughs> okay. You're the medicine for the pain. The tattoo inside my brain. I'm a sucker for you. Those are terrible lyrics. <laughs> also, they Oh my god, those are awful. Also, they don't say, I'm a sucker for you. I'm a sucker for you. It's suka. I'm a sucker for you. Okay. I didn't know that either. Those... I mean, it is sucker, but the way he says it. it those like lyrics suka. are literally terrible. And hearing my roommate say that is probably one of my favorite things in the world. She's like, I'm a sucker. <laughs> I mean, it's fine. I'm a sucker for you part, but I didn't know that other part. And I was like, that's terrible. <laughs> I like those lyrics. You're the medicine for the pain, the tattoo inside my brain. And baby, you know it's obvious. I'm a sucker for you. Like, that's not good. <laughs> like, that's just not good. It's not. <laughs> There's a lot of songs I think that people need to go back and read lyrics and you'll just be like, what the fuck have I been listening That's to? That's been a trend on TikTok where people song. are like listening to music they listened to when they were younger and actually listening to the lyrics and they're cracking me up because they're like, I had no business singing this when I was 10 years old. <laughs> Shit, none of us did. Like all that fucking music back then. Like, <laughs> literally none of us had no business. You just knew the beat and then I was like, 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 like a lollipop 13 years old. <laughs> <laughs> oh. I am no. 
<laughs> so guys, everything's still up on the Etsy shop. Um, no nude items as of yet, but unfortunately the um the FWTO sale is no longer available. Um, but y'all uh, waited too long. Sorry. Um, but like we said in the holiday, it will be popping back up again. So look out. It's gonna be some months, but it'll be here before we know it. We we all know. The days what is it? The they say the years are short, but the days are long. I think that's what it is. Because everything's short. A year, right now. a year could literally. This go year by is a long week as and fuck, and the days are short that's right now. Usually, the way it happens. <laughs> um. But uh, yeah, guys, there might be if there are any new items um to come, there will always be announcements made on um the Instagram page. So. Thank you. I appreciate all the sales. Um, I did also want to mention that anybody who has made any previous uh, purchases that have not done so, um, I would really appreciate it if you went and left a rating on my Etsy page. Um, again, I need to do that. If you go to Etsy.com and search Calm Your Body Down or just go to Etsy.com slash shop, S-H-O-P slash Calm Your Body Down, um, it will take you directly to the shop page. And if you have made a purchase, please log in and leave a five-star rating. Um, if you don't want to write a description, that's fine, but at least leave a five-star rating because that just helps um, boost the visibility on the product pages uh, on Etsy when people I'll are specifically looking for um, items under bat products and bat bombs. So thank you again, guys. And I appreciate all the support. Um, and again, if you guys haven't done so, uh, yes, follow the Calm Your Body Down page at CURBD on Instagram, but also make sure you're following um, my Becky Gremlin page on Instagram. So it's just at Becky Gremlin. So yeah, guys. go do it right now. Fucking bitch. <laughs> <laughs> what is it? Stupid fuck. <laughs> Calm your body down. Okay, guys, if you want to give us a follow on social media, we have Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. All at Don't Fuck With The Original. Make sure you spell it out with the apostrophe or you will not find us. If you would like to give us a follow to know when we put out new episodes, we are on CastBox, Podbean, Podcast Player, Podcast Addicts, and Spotify. Give us a follow, give us a subscribe, and we will be putting out new videos. God, new episodes every Wednesday. Every day. No. <laughs> every day. Every day. Every day. What was I gonna... I was gonna say something, and... It was to do with your... Oh, shit. I don't remember what it was. Okay. I guess it doesn't matter. <laughs> if we think of it, we'll let you know later. We'll let you know, because I don't fucking know. No. <laughs> So we announced next week's episode. We got all the socials and all that good stuff. It was something to do stuff. with... It was something to do with something to do with something we talked about. <laughs> something to do with something to do with something to do with something. Also, this has nothing to do with shit, but go watch the new Candyman trailer because holy fuck. Uh, yeah. Go do it. Now. Okay, guys, we'll see you next week. Okay, bye! bye. I wish that motherfucker would stop making noise. <laughs>